I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I've noticed um, since starting in the industry that a lot of people aren't really financially responsible. They don't realize that they haven't paid any tax throughout the year. So when they have this big tax bill, it's a big shock. This is BIPOC Credits a podcast highlighting BIPOC crew members working in the BC film industry. Listen in to stories from behind the scenes of your favorite films and TV shows. Together, let's celebrate the progress we've seen so far in becoming a more diverse film industry. Plus, learn how you can be a part of the BC film industry. Here's your host, Andy Wong. Hello, and welcome to another episode of BIPOC Credit. Today, we have my personal accountant, Vishal Hiralal, talking about his experience working as a financial controller for local film companies, such as Two for the Money and Real One. We also get into his mindset of why he decided to create his own company, Cinephile Accounting, and the inspiring benefits that come with assisting filmmakers in their dreams of making their films. He shares some insights, on common misconceptions and advice that he gives BC film workers, especially those who are considering incorporating. Finally, he talks about what it's like having and starting his own company and what all entrepreneurs should keep in mind when creating a startup. I really love how Vishal gets deep and vulnerable into his mindset of the realities of working in film and creating his own business. His excitement about accounting and helping others is incredibly inspiring as well. So, without further ado, here is my conversation with Vishal Hirala. Thank you so much for joining us, Vishal. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, you've been my uh, tax uh, accountant for a couple of years, and it's been you saved my life many times. <laughs> Thank you. I try. You worked as an accountant uh, in film before you um, became a, a tax accountant for film people. Can you can you talk a bit about uh, what it was like working as an accountant in film? It was approximately about twelve years ago is when I really got into into accounting. Um, I'm a chartered accountant by trade, so as a chartered accountant, you have to article at a at a chartered accounting firm. Now, a chartered accounting designation is now transitioned into a chartered professional accountant CPA. So. That's kind of the lingo that uh, we designate ourselves now. But back then, I had to article at an accounting firm. Um, and I wasn't really exposed to film. I didn't really kind of think about what the industry was like, you know, apart from, you know, watching movies and TV shows, but not really understanding what 
what goes into it. So, you know, never came across my mind. So I got designated as a chartered accountant and then uh, myself and a few friends decided to take a trip to, to LA uh, one weekend in the summer of uh, 2014. And, um, you know, we decided to kind of upgrade our flights at the gate to like the business class of WestJet. <laughs> <laughs> Once you go business class, you can never go back, right? <laughs> exactly. Anyways, we got we you know get on board, and I'm sitting next to this guy, and you know I didn't really make any of it. I kind of just put in my headphones to you know not really talk to anyone and just enjoy my my travel in first class with the unlimited booze and and snacks and whatnot. <laughs> but, um, this guy started talking to me. Um, he was asking me about, you know, what I did for a career and everything. And I said, Oh, just, uh, you know, um, you know, I'm an accountant. And he told me that he was a lighting guy in, in the film industry. Um, he was, uh, based in LA. So this flight was heading to LA. He was going home. Uh, he was telling me all these cool projects he was working on. He was telling me that he worked with Kanye West on a music video. So it was pretty cool. Um, and then he asked me sort of what my path was and, how I progressed to where I was at that moment. And I said, oh, I just wrote this big exam called, back then it was called the UFI. Um, coincidentally, there was a lady that was listening to this conversation that was sitting right behind me. And she kind of piped up and said, oh, that exam that you wrote was so much easier than when I wrote it back in the day. <laughs> and uh, I kind of piped up and I looked, you know, got up and I looked behind me and there was this lady, um, it was very nice and she told me that she had her own film production company but she also was a chartered accountant herself oh. um so she was telling me about everything that she was doing and then she said that she was getting very busy and she needed to find someone to do her job and that's when i kind of said hey you know what i think i'm the perfect person for you so uh we exchanged contact information and then a month later she gave me a call and asked me to come into her office and then a week after that she hired me as a controller of her production company and that's how I got into film. And what do you do as a financial controller? What what does that job entail? Yeah essentially it's you know you're kind of the head person of accounting and finance of the production company so you do the day-to-day -day bookkeeping, you do the tax credit estimates for for productions you kind of deal with the CRA with audits and whatnot, handle payroll. Um, it really gave me that opportunity to kind of see what work was like in the film industry. Her company was called Two for the Money Media, um, and she primarily did movies of the week with uh, collaboration with a U.S.-based production company um, in L.A. called Mar Vista. So they produced Disney XD uh, movies and Hallmark movies and other movies of the week. Um, I also was exposed to sort of the documentary side of the world because I was also, um, she contracted me out to Screen Siren Pictures, which is headed by Christine Habler and Trish Goldman. Um, they're pretty uh, well known in the film community here in Vancouver, but yeah. I also worked with them and got a glimmer of what kind of what indie sort of projects were like and, and, you know, how to finance a, their own features and whatnot. So I got exposed to a lot of different things, um, working with, with these ladies in, in film. And did you end up staying in the two for the two for the money company, um, through your film career, or did you transition into a different company afterwards? 
So I worked with Two for the Money Media and Screen Center Pictures for approximately a year. Um, I got recruited actually by Real One Entertainment. So they're a bigger production company uh, with multiple offices around the world. Um, They found me on LinkedIn and they messaged me and I realized there was an opportunity to kind of expand my knowledge and also kind of um, be trained in certain areas that I wasn't really exposed to. So I joined Two for the Money Media in 2015 and uh, it was a fantastic opportunity where um, I got exposed to um, this production company that was producing their own movies of the week um, and sort of seeing it from from start to finish on how this is produced, what goes into it, what are sort of the the details when it comes to, you know, submitting star packs and, and the production and counting of it. Um, it was awesome, and I worked with them for about three years. Do you usually uh, have to do more than one show at the same time? Because I, I know, like, often these, like, companies, they have, like, three or four, like, MOWs going on at the same time. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I got a, a little bit of that when I was working for Two for the Money with concurrent shows, concurrent movies right. that were happening. Um, Real One was definitely, you know, um, you know, when I started, we were dealing with, you know, the completion of the project and then starting a new movie and then starting another movie in New Mexico. So there's a lot of different balls juggling and a different, a lot of different things to kind of manage. So um, as a controller at Real One Entertainment, I had to kind of do a little bit of treasury work. So I have to sort of maintain sort of different bank accounts for each production company to ensure there's proper uh, enough money. Um, dealing with national bank in terms of interim financing and interim financing is a way of kind of um, financing the tax credits that productions are are, are attaining um, and sort of dealing with you know the production accounts for each different show and ensuring that you know things are running smoothly and whatnot so there's a lot of different balls that were in the air that I had to juggle gotcha so you're you're more in charge of the uh, the, the accounting of the whole company as opposed to a specific show at that point is that correct yeah it was uh, managing the company and also managing sort of the oversight of each show of each production company so ensuring that you know the production accounts have what they needed and yeah. ensuring the cost reports made sense i'd love for you to explain like i guess the importance of something like um handing in your timesheets on time and, and just you know for the crew to understand um why you know sunday is the cutoff day and how much you actually have to do in order to get their uh get their paychecks out by the thursday or whatever yeah and usually production accounts are really on top of uh casting crew and, and getting their timesheets submitted um a lot of times they are now being automated uh but the biggest and more important thing is to ensure that you know your income tax returns are up to date and then you have a a, a recent notice of assessment when you do submit your corporate star pack um but like everyone else, you know that you want to get paid on a timely manner. Um, and so, you know, ensuring that your your timesheet is complete. And- Can you explain uh, why the notice of, a te- uh, of assessment is so important? Um, like what, what, what is that for? A notice of assessment is important because it ensures that you are a Canadian resident, but also a BC resident. It's important for productions to to have this documentation is because productions get audited, but they also claim a tax credit on the work that you do. So whether you're a crew member or a cast member, um, submitting a notice assessment is important because productions do claim tax credits on the service that you provide. And this piece of 
um, you know, document, this document here is a, is sort of proof to the CRA that uh, you are a resident here in BC and also in Canada. And and tax credits uh, only apply to the crew members that are are native to BC or are living in BC for over a year, um, and exactly. not not Canada wide, right? Yeah. So there's different two different types of tax credits. There's a provincial tax credit, which you know if you reside in BC, that's the BC tax credit, which is run through Creative BC. And then you have the CAPCO, the federal tax credit. So the CRA and Creative BC will ensure that, you know, you are a resident of the province. They want to check your notice of assessment, that you pay taxes in British Columbia, but also like any sort of bills or your license, your utility bills to show that you do have roots in British Columbia. CAPCO is also the same. They want to ensure that you're, you are Canadian. So they want you, they'll check your notice of assessment, that you're filing your income tax returns on time, but also... The same sort of proof that you have roots in Canada. When 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 productions do budgets, do they kind of like keep in mind, uh, you know, we're gonna get this much money back in tax credits? Um, yeah, when preparing a financial structure, that's where they implement it. So when they do budget, they budget for, they take a look at their cost report and see where they can budget sort of BC residents. So if you're a BC production company that's filming in BC, their prerogative is to hire BC cast and crew members to mm -hmm. ensure they can maximize on their tax credits. Right. So this is where I come in with a lot of productions as they will hire me to prepare a tax credit estimate to ensure that um, they know what kind of tax credit they could potentially get when we file the corporate income tax return. But it also helps them attain interim financing from a bank so you can have a financial structure but you know you're essentially budgeting to have a tax credit to finance your film to help complete your project right, however right. you're not going to get the tax credit until after your project is done so in the meantime you need that sort of financing to help cover the cost so um, i provide tax credit opinion letters to national bank and where uh, national bank can approve the production company for interim financing, uh, which means it's a loan to the to the production company for oh. for the for the tax credit. And those loans are are usually pretty, I guess, relatively easy to get because they have um, because uh, they they're they're gonna get it back, right? Yeah, most often, yes, you do need to have sort of sort of um, a track record of produ producing film. So National Bank will do their due diligence, just like any other bank um, when you do apply for a loan. But um, if that's kind of the proof that I provide is that since I'm a chartered professional accountant and I'm and I prepare the tax credit estimate and I'm providing an opinion um, right. saying that this production these are the costs, these are the BC costs, and this is the sort of tax credit. It gives them sort of the assurance that this production is going to go through, they're going to apply for the tax credit, and that, you know, just where everything kind of falls through, they should get this money back. And so the bank will typically loan out 90% of your tax credit estimate. They also will do their own due diligence, so it could be a little bit less, but you will do, you will get financing if we follow the proper steps. Talking about budgets, can you describe why, you know, production, for example, sometimes wouldn't let people who aren't from um, Vancouver be in the show? 
Productions generally will want, um, they do favor uh, individuals and companies that are based in British Columbia because you attain the most, um, sort of the, the mo maximize your tax credit. Um, so if you're an Ontario based individual, and for example, you're a gaffer and you want to work on a British Columbia produced show, the production will probably not hire you. They'll hire the gaffer that's based in Vancouver or in BC yeah. because they can maximize their tax credit. And that's generally the case all across Canada. Um, but, you know, last year, and obviously I think this is going to happen this year and, and for the future, a lot of um, productions set across uh, Canada are hiring people from BC because essentially BC has the best crew members in North America. I think in my opinion, but from what I've heard in the industry in North America, that crew members in British Columbia are the best, um, just with knowledge base and just the amount of work that's being produced in British Columbia. So that's the advantage that a lot of crew members do have being based in BC. For a BC-based production, they will look for a BC-based um, artist crew member. Um, Usually, a lot of the movies of the week and, and big TV shows, your number one star is always going to be American. Um, and they try to find a star that's recognizable. So that's always the case. Generally, it's hardly hard to find or have someone kind of be that number one star that is based in Canada or even BC for that matter. But, you know, your number two, number three, number four actors, you know, have that ability, that potential to be based in BC. And that's a that's a significant sort of um, impact on maximizing your task for a production. In a way, that's like a great financial save for them hiring hiring local. Do you still do accounting for film? There are shows that I am a production accountant on, uh, mainly documentaries. Though. Do you do you enjoy working in documentaries as opposed to MOWs? Well, you know, one day I, I do want to kind of get into the MOW realm in sort of the producing side of things. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So on the documentary side, I, I'm, I'm part of a few boards. Um, I'm part of uh, DocBC um, yeah. and also Story Money Impact, which focuses on documentaries that are have social justice themes and environmental themes. Um, so oh, it. it is kind of up my alley and just... Uh, you know, so social justice reforms and, and what's been happening over the past couple of years is kind of more of a, uh, a big interest for me. So, um, you know, documentaries are a big thing, actually, in British Columbia. Um, yeah. It's, it's uh, I wouldn't want to say it's easy to get funding, but it's more attainable to get funding to produce a documentary. Um, mm -hmm. The cost uh, of producing is and isn't as high. So there is more of a reward for the producer to to produce. So I've I've noticed there's been a lot more documentaries that are that are kind of springing up over the past couple of years, from my experience. Yeah, that's so interesting. I'm 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 definitely not uh, attuned to that world at all in documentaries. But um, I have a a friend who's a, a sound mixer who does a lot of who does a lot of documentaries and. I've like kind of saw how busy he's gotten and yeah. realized there's so much documentaries. Yeah, yeah. And just hearing it from you as well now, it's, yeah, it, I, I guess I just need to find like the in where, so <laughs> how, how, how does, uh, how does one get into uh, um, like uh, 
the documentary accounting or get into documentaries? Well, in terms of getting doc into documentaries, obviously, if you have an idea, but going through this normal stream of uh, funders and grantors like Telefilm, CBC, uh, Creative BC, right. um, you know, the Harold Greenberg Fund funds documentaries as well. Um, there's a lot of different grants available in Canada to attain to help produce your project. So if you have a great idea, if you have an interest in something, um, definitely go for it. And would you say these grants are often more focused on documentaries as opposed to a narrative films? Um, I don't say in particular. I think if they think that there is a great story to tell, obviously they will provide you with the funds. So on top of... Um, I guess doing tax accounting for regular folks like me, you're also uh, doing accounting for, you know, documentary uh, productions. Um, which uh, which one do you like better? <laughs> and I like both. You know, everything kind of kind of meshes in together. Um, um, like I mentioned, like when I started in accounting, I never thought that I would have a career in film or even start a business in the film. Right. But I really enjoy it. I really enjoy talking to um, different filmmakers, uh, different people that are working, you know, different jobs in film and, and actors. Um, it's it's really cool. It's really cool to kind of witness their passion and, and, and see what they like and how they approach things it's, it's very interesting for me and do you feel excited seeing like being partnered up with all of these people who you know rely on you to make sure that you know they they stay on budget and they're not in trouble financially or anything like that yeah and for me it's like it's it's exciting when people get their grants and they get funding or they get hired on a big project like i have a client based in toronto um and she's a writer and uh, and it's, it's just awesome how she was able to kind of uh, get to where she's at. And, you know, you can just get that sense of realizing that dream and, and realizing those goals because it is a tough business to get into. Totally, it's, yeah. You know, a lot of people try, and that's just not in British Columbia. That's across the country. That's, you know, California and New York. There's a lot of people that want to break into to the film industry and if you can do it it's amazing it's you know it's a very tough gig to get and um just witnessing that and people kind of realizing their goals or or in that pursuit of their goal it's it's uh it's it's awesome it kind of drives me hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. I love that. That's that's actually just pretty inspiring just hearing about it. Like sometimes you work in film and you get so lost in in you know working in film and you forget about like um why you did it in the first place. Mm-hmm. And uh, just hearing you say that makes makes me like um just remember back like that that drive that you know passion again and I guess like working as an accountant you get to see that from the outside and I yeah. see how that can be really inspiring really like exciting yeah 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 no that's really cool um so uh what was the mindset you had when you decided to I guess start creating your own company and leave um, leave your job of uh, being an accountant for a production company? Yeah. Um, you know, when I was working at Real One Entertainment, I kind of hit that sort of glass ceiling where there wasn't really much I could do further. You know, the company had their CFO entrenched. Um, there was really nothing that I could do. I could just stay there and just work and earn a paycheck and whatnot. But I was I was actually losing that that passion um, I was kind of forgetting about why I was in the industry. I was kind of just doing a job. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't realize I wasn't really, it didn't feel like I was making an impact. Um, it just felt like work and, um, and maybe I didn't feel like I was being rewarded, whether it be extrinsically or intrinsically. Um, but, uh, so I, I actually did leave the film industry and I worked a couple of years for um, um, for uh, Providence Healthcare, which is sort of a healthcare uh, society based here in British Columbia, the managed St. Paul's Hospital and all that. So I learned a different industry. I worked in, in healthcare as yeah. a manager of accounting. Um, you know, it was a different animal, you know, I was managing a budget of almost a billion dollars, um, you know, in different aspects, but nothing that I, I knew from before. And that's when I kind of was like, 
I don't know if I'm passionate about this. And so I started kind of getting back into film. So, um, you know, I had a few clients that needed their income tax returns prepared. And then um, I started kind of advertising my services on the many Facebook groups available for film professionals. And um, you're incredible at it, by the way. The marketing (laughs) is so on point. Thank you. Um, and it was, you know, started building traction and then, um, you know, then COVID hit and then when the world kind of stopped and paused and no one was really doing anything, the industry obviously paused and stopped. And I was like, you know what? Like, you know, I wasn't really into this healthcare gig and I was like, I want to go back into film, but I want to do it on my own and, and, and be my own boss. And that's where I kind of, um, made cinephile accounting and i knew that there was a need for uh an accounting professional to um help service those in the industry there's only a very few of us um another accountant her name's cheryl sears she's been in the industry for for years upon years upon years and she's been um, a silent leader in the industry she prepares a lot of personal income tax returns and corporate income tax returns for film specific individuals um there wasn't anyone else that I knew. And so I felt like, Hey, yeah. I can kind of get into this and kind of, um, market myself as kind of like that new kid on the block and, and service my peers that are closer in my age group as well to kind of who are just starting in the industry. So a lot of my clients actually were new into film and, um, just started their loan out companies and production companies. So right. growing together with my clients and just helping them out, that was kind of, kind of, the sort of the fire that inspired cinephile accounting and that's where this kind of became a thing and um i left my my job at providence healthcare to focus solely on uh cinephile accounting back um last year in 2021 um and it's been amazing i like i i haven't looked back you know i enjoy what i'm doing immensely yeah and would you say like you have enough clients and and this is your full-time gig? Yeah, this is uh, this is my full-time gig. You know, I'm building my client list. Um, you know, I get uh, prospective clients emailing me, calling me um, every week. And it, it's been fantastic. The word is kind of spreading. And I'm, I'm glad that I'm, I'm able to kind of assist and help uh, people in the industry, um, you know, get up to date with your income tax returns, but also providing them with the service that they get to understand their finances, they understand sort of uh, deductions and whatnot, and just kind of be financially prudent and like responsible. Um, that's the biggest thing because I've I've noticed um, since starting in the industry that a lot of people aren't really financially responsible um, mm-hmm. and prudent. Yeah, why do you think that is? Well, I think you know a lot of people that have come into the industry especially as you know crew members um you make a lot of money if you work a lot um yeah you know there's a lot of or time but you do make uh, quite a bit of money um and managing that money you know when if you're young you kind of just spend it you just don't know what to do with it so um you know and just like understanding taxes so a lot of people that have loan companies that do make a lot of money they're spending it but they don't realize that they haven't paid any tax throughout the year. So when they have this big tax bill, it's a big shock. So just, you know, just helping them kind of understand sort of the process when dealing with the CRA and paying tax and paying GST, but also sort of the business side of, of 
of of the film industry um you know understanding what a start pack is understanding what you need to submit um to production and what what needs to be included in your start pack um sort of rsp contributions and you know and taking uh, a mortgage or with a bank and all that kind of stuff um everyone has their goals whether it's career or life um and when it comes to sort of the financial side of things i'm, I'm happy to help and with your services all of that is kind of walked through with your clients that, you know, exactly. you need this, you need that. What what would you say would be like, I guess, the, uh, let's say like two key things that um, newer clients always uh, mistaken or, or don't know or something like that? Um, I think the biggest one is actually when a lot of like, clients that are kind of wondering whether to incorporate to work as a loan out company or to stay yeah. as an individual. Uh, the biggest misconception is like, oh, if I incorporate, I won't be able to attain a mortgage, um, which is false. Uh, um, really, when you, when, you, when you incorporate and you work as this loan out company, you can still attain a mortgage. You just have to pay yourself a salary or pay yourself some dividends from right. the company to ensure that your income level is is high enough to attain whatever desirable mortgage that you want. Um, another misconception is, uh, you know, um, being able to write off a lot of different things that are, don't pertain to work. You can't. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. I think there. I think some misconceptions about uh, even writing off things is that you'll magically get that money back from the CRA. Um, yeah. You know, just. A lot of personal income tax questions that are kind of just being passed around on set. I have a yeah. lot of people saying, um, this person told me that I should be paid that like this, da, da, da. and it's just like, no, <laughs> like a lot of, I guess, you know, and just like, we all do it too. We all have our own opinions yeah. on what you should be doing, but you know, it's important to get professional advice from a professional. What can you claim and what can't you claim? On a personal income tax sort of perspective, you know, it really depends on what you do as, as, as work. So if you're an actor, there's certain things you can claim, um, but certain things you can't, but you got to be diligent about it. So um, over the past couple of years, a lot of you were doing auditions at home. So uh, yeah. having your, your home set up. So if you have a designated office space, we can claim a part of your home office as, a, as an expense. So you would have to measure out the room that you work out of. Um, and have the square footage of your total condo, house, whatever. Right. Um, but you also need to determine sort of the amount of time that you spend. Say, for example, you're working out of your bedroom. Um, how many hours a day are you working out of your bedroom? And that plays into a sort of a factor of how we claim your home office. Um, mm. Having, you know, a ring light, uh, apparatus to hold up that ring light. Those are expenses. Um, headshots, going for headshots, um, other membership dues. Uh, IMDB dues, those are expenses. Um, anything pertaining to, to you to earn income is an expense. So a lot of it has to kind of be, um, you know, an understanding of what you do to earn your income. So using common sense, but, you know, if you're getting, you know, a dog leash for your dog, that's not that's not a business no, expense. That's not a business expense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a little common sense needs to be kind of um, yeah. replaced when thinking about what you can expense. But um, right. 
I definitely walked through it all with my clients. A lot of misconceptions there for sure. Yeah. Like I can't just claim a random coffee day. Well, you can. You can if if you're meeting a colleague, if you're meeting an agent, if you're on set. Definitely, you know, it's not going to hurt you. Um, yeah. I, I guess um, would would you be able to like claim something if you haven't necessarily made money off of it yet? Like for example, like this podcast, I haven't. It, it's really all just a passion project. I haven't made anything any money off of it. But would I be able to like claim, you know, the things that I bought in order to make this podcast better in hopes to make money out of it? Yeah, if there is a hope and if there is like a, a plan for you to earn income at some point with this avenue of work, you can definitely claim the expenses. The biggest thing that CRA does look into is they will use their judgment to see if if you ever get audited, if this is a hobby or if this is an actual means yeah. of earning work. Now, there's a big fine line, obviously, over the past yeah. five years, social media has been a big presence in society, but a lot of people are making money using social media and podcasting yeah. um, is a way where people are earning money. There's obviously um, groundwork laid. You know, We see so many different podcasts and people are actually making money off of their podcast streams and whatnot. So. I don't think they would deem this as a hobby if there is a world yeah. of you earning income and you know if right. you were to ever be investigated they can see the purpose of this podcast so can you talk a bit about um the lessons that you've learned um creating your own business in the last couple of years yeah um i think the biggest thing is always bet on yourself if you if you think you can do it you can definitely do it even if you yeah. have like the slimmest glimmer of hope that you can do it that's enough for you to go out and do it. Um, always bet on yourself. I think that's most important. Um, always believe that you can uh, achieve your goals. If you put that mindset out there, I think you can. You know, hard work. You know, this isn't all just luck based and, you know, just, you know, falling in the right place at the right time. It's a lot of hard work. Um, I do work quite a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Especially during tax season, um, you know, and, and by tax season, is essentially for me, it's, you know, from February to, I would say February to, to May, but the biggest month is general is generally April. And, you know, it's a lot of sacrificing, you know, um, my, my girlfriend, my partner, you know, she realizes it that, uh, you know, I barely saw her in the month of April. It was like essentially a couple hours a week. We yeah, would spend right. time together because the rest of the time I'm, I'm working. So my schedule in April was essentially um, getting up at six and working, starting work at 7.30 and then working up until 10.30 at night, 11 at night, and then doing that every single day, essentially. Um, and, right. and and when I say that is because I'm doing everything. Um, eventually yeah. that will kind of lessen <laughs> once, um, you know, I build my business and I hire support staff and whatnot, but yeah. you know, uh, you know, if you're creating a business, be prepared to work and be prepared to put in the, the time and the and the hours because uh, you're essentially doing everything. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing the accounting for my company. I'm doing the accounting for other people. I'm doing the social media for my for my company, the advertising, the marketing. Obviously, I'm getting help from from um, different uh, individuals and companies to help produce some of the content. But I'm putting it out there. I'm managing. Yeah. I'm answering the questions. I'm. You know, 
Um, I'm the point person. So I'm wearing a lot of different hats. So anyone that's, you know, hoping to start their own company or, 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 you know, actually have started, they, you know, you need to realize that it's not whatever you're doing to produce income. You also have to do all the other stuff. Yeah. It's a lot of hard work. It's not the, it's not the misconception of, you know, it's easier when you're, when you have your own company, it's not. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The only easiest part is that you're your own boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have anyone yelling at you. You yell. Yeah, at yourself. you're not yeah. reporting to anyone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you are you currently looking for like you know help in in this field or? I think I will be uh, eventually. It's something that I am looking into. Um, I definitely need an assistant at some point. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely need some support workers, bookkeepers, um, to do sort of the nitty gritty yeah. while I kind of handle the face to face time with clients. So, um, yeah, definitely within the next year or so it's, uh, I'll try to find someone. Yeah. That's how you upscale, right? That's how you upscale that company. Cause it's a great idea. Like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear about Cheryl, um, uh, before, uh, before this interview even, and um, I didn't know of any film accountants. So when I when I heard you were doing this, I was like, boom, mind blown. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Would you say uh, there's still a need for more uh, more of these companies out there? Well, you know, there's a lot of accounts out there. Um, so mm-hmm. obviously, I don't service all the film professionals. Cheryl doesn't yeah. service all the film professionals. Right. There's a lot of different accounts that do have clients that are in the film industry. It's just finding the right sort of, you know, trying to find the right person for yourself. Um, you need to kind of feel feel good with any sort of professional relationship you enter, whether it be a, an accountant or a lawyer or whoever. So my advice is to find the right person for you and um, someone that you kind of gel with and understand and they help you understand. Um, and that's really it. Cause like an account can do whatever an account can do. Any industry can work on any, like myself, I can, I can step into healthcare or, or, you know, construction or whatever, but my sole focus is, you know, to, to, to serve those in the film industry. So I have a little bit of, experience because of the work I've done over the past um, 10 years with working, you know, um, as a production accountant and as a controller for film companies. And, you know, so I have that kind of experience that's really hard to find. But, um, you know, if if there's any accountants that are listening to this podcast and they want to break into the film industry, definitely kind of look into different film companies. A lot of the bigger film companies are looking for, 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 um, accountants and there are production companies that are looking for um, um, production accountants and I know that um, there's you know training modules that are set up by entertainment partners and whatnot so you can definitely get the experience it's just you know it's 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 just like the industry it's hard to break in but if you find it in you're in before we end it off I'm gonna finish up with the, some rapid fire questions I ask everyone yeah. uh, first of which is what's the worst advice you were ever given? Worst advice, um, someone telling me that I can't do anything, that I can't do it. Yeah, that's a pretty common one. Uh, what's the best advice you were ever given? Um, just go for it. Just do it. And what would you tell yourself, your younger self before starting in this industry? Oh, uh, wow. Just, just, I never thought I would even get into this industry. I never thought that 
this would have happened. So just, uh, just to enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy the, especially when you're in it, enjoy it while you can. Yeah. 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 Um, and in your opinion, what does a more diverse film industry look like? Um, seeing different people diverse in, in crew members and, and in cast members. And we're seeing quite a bit of it actually, um, you know, in movies and in TV shows, I think Marvel and Disney are doing a great job with, you know, Shang-Chi and Miss Marvel. So you're seeing a lot of representation on screen and yeah. obviously, um, you know, working behind the scenes, I'm seeing a little diversity on set and in, and in, in crew members as well, especially in this city. So, um, it's great. We're heading towards the right direction. It's not fixed. There's a lot of issues um, that go beyond just, you know, diversity. There's a little, that sort of changing of the guard is happening, slowly going to happen. But once, um, you know, Andy, once you become a producer um, and a head honcho on a big show, that's when, you know, things are in the right direction. And you as well, once you become a producer. i look forward to that day too yeah Uh, we'll be working side by side yes exactly looking forward to it well thanks so much for uh being on this show i i feel inspired just talking to you so cinephile accountant where where can we uh where can we find that on the socials definitely so i have a website www.cinephileaccounting.ca um i also have an instagram page at cinephile accounting a facebook page cinephile accounting as well uh send me a dm send me an email send me a message i will get back to you i usually get back to you uh people asap because i always have my phone on me so uh, there's no excuse for me not replying to you so if you have any questions or you need any help with income tax prep or corporate income tax prep or just have any sort of production related questions i can assist thanks so much for tuning in i hope you enjoyed my conversation with michelle if you want to learn more about the financial side of film you might also enjoy our bonus episode with front row insurance as always please go follow us on instagram our producer nightingale consistently promotes upcoming events and opportunities for bipoc crew members in the bc film industry so really check that out If you missed anything on Instagram, we have an episodic newsletter where you can find all that information as well as additional information on guests. If you want to support our podcast, go leave a review on iTunes or Spotify. That really helps us. But most importantly, share this with your friends who you think could really benefit from this episode. Because who knows, maybe they could one day do your taxes for you as well. Hope you guys have a fantastic week and I'll see you on set. Thanks for listening to BIPOC Credits by Andy Wong. This episode was produced by Nightingale. Our editor is Rihanna Toy. Graphics by Joshua Lamb. Theme music by Peter Robinson and Patrick Fiore. Intro and outro voiceover by Mike Lee. Thank you to our community partner, culturebrew.art, for supporting us. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and Instagram at BIPOC Credits. If you're enjoying what we're doing here, subscribe to our newsletter to get all the juicy information we didn't quite get to in this podcast. Thank you once again for listening to BIPOC Credits. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 